we're going to get started. Uh, thank you for coming to session two of this track. Uh, this is my man Matt Colley, proud owner of Bright Bear Window Works. Um, if you need your windows cleaned, uh, have him. I'm repping it here. Oh, your windows. He's going to open us up in a prayer. Uh, Matt's one of the most faithful, loving, really good friends that I've had since I've been a Christian. So. All right. And he ain't no snitch. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> Uh, God, I want to just thank you for the opportunity to be here. Uh, help us to um, just have open hearts and open ears today as uh, we listen to these, these guys talk. Um, I pray that you can speak through them and uh, you can just touch our hearts. And uh, you know, just thank you for your son's death on the cross and everything that has done for us. Amen. All right, so last uh, session, Carrie and I talked about... Um, reaching like the, the like the next generation we kind of interwove our story into that my story into this lesson this lesson is like how to take someone who you've reached and like raise them up to the next level because when you look in the book of acts like it went from like 150 people you know give or take the people in the upper room and whatnot at the uh at pentecost to like 3,000 and 5,000 and all these numbers and in order to support and to help disciple and help keep a pointed in the right direction, you have to be raising up new people to help shoulder the load, to help disciple people, or again, raise them up, and like to send them out even more, because Christianity spread like wildfire. So we're starting off in Acts 6. Acts 6. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against and the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well respected and who are full of, the, of spirit and wisdom. We will give them uh, we'll give this responsibility. Then the apostles could spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Porcorus, Nekonar, I'm sorry, I don't speak Greek, uh, Timon, <laughs> Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, and an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. And so the multitudes, they were multiplying like crazy. But the apostles were doing things that, like, their gift was to spread the message. And first of all, all of us should be spreading the message. Mm -hmm. But they were specifically gifted to do certain things. They were getting bogged down in this, like, food program, as this version calls it. And so they're like, let's pick some people who are well-respected, who are known to be full of the Spirit, and full of wisdom. So they picked seven people. And so as you are in your walk with God and as you reach people, you need to be looking four people that's the number one thing I look for as I'm trying to raise up like that next generation leader some very same things that mm -hmm. Brian and I are going to talk about someone who's well respected who's full of the spirit and who's full of the wisdom does that mean they have all the answers no but they're headed in a good direction and one of the things that I think has held back our church and the American church and just churches in general is you have these leaders who have been raised up and they're pulling teeth and they're doing all this thing to try to get people to do the things and help shoulder the load and to move forward. Mm -hmm. 
and the next generation. And they're so far like pulling, and sometimes with my guys, and I've told them this, I feel like I'm pulling you and I'm trying to get you to go here, but imagine that both of us were here and we were pushing forward in the same direction. How much faster and further can we go? But instead I'm back here pulling it along. And one of the things that I've appreciated most about my relationship with Brian, especially early, is that although I did have to pull, Brian was still like headed in a good direction. So the acronym that we're gonna use here is that God uses fat people. <laughs> God uses fat people. And we're, I mean, was that my wife that said that? <laughs> She's like, you're so stupid. So God uses fat people. And if you look at us, we are much fatter than we used to be. Oh yeah. And that should happen as you grow oh, yeah. in your relationship with God. You should be growing into someone who's like Christ. You just have to grow into your head. But. That's true. So the F of the fat is God uses faithful people. God uses faithful people. And so what we're looking at is we're looking at Paul to Timothy. Paul is who we talked about in the first lesson. He bestows upon uh, an example, um, doctrine, and a direction for Timothy. So in 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So the word faith, obviously the word faithful, there's a faith in God, there's a reliance on God, there's um, an obedience to God in that idea of faith. But did you know from this verse and other translations, that word faithful is also translated as reliable. There's a reliability in your faith that you're always going to be there. And like I talked about last lesson, um, I've had Jackson and uh, I think I think either Gabe or I think it was Malachi. Both of them have thanked me in the last couple of years. And you've just been that faithful, reliable, constant. You've been there for me. You haven't wavered. You've been there. And as you're looking for people to raise up, being a faithful man, faithful to the purpose, to the mission, to the to the words of God, but also someone who, when you turn around, they're going to be there. They're going to be reliable. Their yes means yes, and their no means no. They're going to be there. And one of the things, again, like with Brian, he was my rock. Like, he was, like, my guy. If I needed something done, like, he tried to do it. And I'm, this isn't something, like, I'm not trying to shoot my own. I, I feel like it's something that I tried to impress yeah. upon him. And one of the stories I love most about Brian or uh, I look back on, so Carrie always puts us in positions. <laughs> like, hey, you're going to do this, or hey, I need help with this. And it's usually like last minute or like super late at night. Or so very not legal. This was not legal and it was late at night. So um, uh, Linwood does these floats and these parades. And we made this really cool dinosaur skeleton with like a big head on it. And we needed him. Again, O'Fallon Church of Christ has been great through the years. We did our spectacular at uh, O'Fallon Church of Christ. But the thing was in St. Charles. At Linwood. At Linwood. And we had to get it from St. Charles out to there. But if we went on the highway, it fell apart. And so it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're forgetting, this was paper mache, right? So we, we, we made this thing out of chicken wire. And then probably led by Mel, we, we paper mache this thing. You know, So paper mache is not... Known for its durability. Not known for durability. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Carrie But asked. Carrie knew. There's like, hey, if I asked Brian and TC, like, they're going to do this. So we drove like 10 miles an hour from Lindenwood out to St. Charles. 
And there's that idea of we are faithful men, but we're also reliable men. So as you look uh, to people to develop, are they reliable? Do they show up whenever they say they're going to show up? Are they on time to things? Whenever you have a guy, uh, discipleship time, like one of the things I look for with my guys is, did you do the assigned reading? Did you put time outside of that assigned reading? Did you really meditate on it? Did you, I always tell my guys, like when you're reading, how would you want to teach this to someone? Because in that way, they're pulling out truths and the things and the big things. I was like, are you doing these little things for you to really develop into the man that God wants you to be? So it says, choose these men who are faithful. James 2, faith without works is dead. Faithfulness shows up in the way that you live your life and the things that you do. Um, oh yeah, Luke 16. And in Luke 16, 10, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So I give my guys little tasks. Like, what are you, hey, I need you to, to call and set this up. Or I need you to get this flyer made. And I see, are they faithful with these little things? And if they're faithful with the little things, and it's something I did with Brian. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit more and see how you respond to that. And eventually, they may be ready to take on, hey, hey I need you every week. This guy's a new, he's a guest or he's a new believer, I need you to get with this person, and I want you to just talk about life. And I want you to be really consistent, I want you to be really faithful, I want you to be really reliable for this person. So the first letter in our acronym for FAP is faithful. It's faithful, and, and kind of just to also go off TC there is, you know, I we were talking about how we were raised up, right? And then later we're gonna talk about how we can get into leadership. And I think that's a really important thing. We talked about how TC was reached, but there is a lot in between there. You know, faithful or being fat, like TC said, uh, you know, we weren't always there. I've always maybe been a little on the chubbier side. Uh, but when it came to my walk with Christ, I haven't always been that way. I remember uh, TC when I, you know, first was in a part of the church, and I honestly just, I was really lazy. I struggled a lot with, you know, just, just wanting to be there, wanting to be faithful, wanting to, you know, I remember he would want to have these guy times bright and early. And I wouldn't. I didn't want to. And so what he did instead is he would just come to my apartment. He would open the door, and we would have guy time in my bed with, like, nine dudes. <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> you know, slowly. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, you guys, you guys took it there. I did not. I probably will at some point, but I did not then. Um, but slowly as I gradually went through, and I saw TC be faithful in the way that he led me, in the way that he led all those men. And while at times I wasn't, I wasn't willing, I wasn't ready to give in to that, he would come, and then slowly I started to, I would get up earlier. I would be there. I would be ready. I would be prepared. You know, and then eventually it took to where we didn't have to do that. We could go to the next guy's house, and we could go to the next guy's situation, and we could meet that person there. So, yes, we have to be faithful, and then secondly, we have to be available. And when I say available, we don't mean, you know, you're all here. You know, and I would say most of us, or all of us, we, we do. We, we attend a church on Sunday. Maybe you attend a small group. You know, so I'm not just talking about that physical, abil you know, physical availability, but it's talking about that willingness to be led by the Spirit. You know, and, and, and I think earlier, one of the coolest things I, you know, in Carrie and TC's lessons, they talked about, you know, the moment that it got brought up about church planning. That was something that perked TC's interest. And I've literally, I'm pretty sure when I met TC, he was like, hi, I'm TC Brown, and I'm going on a church plant one day. <laughs> you know, and that was like, years before it happened but I could just see that willingness to be led you know and I think you know as I read that I started to think about you know 
are we willing to go? You know, Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? You know, and I can read that, and, you know, I've been, I've been a part of the church now for a long time. I don't, let me do the math. Like 15 years, I think. And I've never gone on a church plant. I don't know if I ever will go on a church plant. Um, and so I kind of read that, and I think, man, am, am I willing? Am I willing to do those things? And there's a challenge in that. But also I think, you know, challenge and a willingness to go can look different for everybody. You know, and maybe I didn't go out on the church plant when TC left eight years ago. But I was willing to go into that next role, fill that next void, you know. And so I, you know, the questions one I want to ask is, are you willing to go if God were asking you? You know, and I'm not saying, does that mean that you're going to go and you're going to move your whole family across the country like I've seen people do? Some of it is just, are you willing to step into a role in leadership? Are you willing to go on a church plant? Are you willing to even honestly just go up to a stranger and invite them to church? You know, because I think we can look at that and those are, those are different areas there. You know, so what areas of your life are you most available? What are the areas you're, mo- you're least available? You know, I look at myself and I'm not known for being emotionally available. Um, I struggle with it a lot. I, I can very vividly remember times when I've told people, I think I've grieved all I can grieve. And really, it's just me shoving it down. It's me not wanting to, to give into those things. And honestly, you know, guys, being available means being present. You know, so I just want to ask you guys, how present are you? How present are you in your churches? You know, what, what sort of temperature are you setting when you walk in that door on Sunday? Do you go in? Are you late? I can't tell you the number of people that I see even leaders at times showing up to our church 10 minutes before it's supposed to start. Are you showing up unprepared? Like TC said, one of the biggest things I push for my guys. Hey, if you didn't do the reading, you might as well just stay home. Because you're going to come and you're going to be a distraction. Or I'm going to have to catch you up. Or you're going to say, what, what, what was that talking about? You know, are we having to pull you alongside? You know, so what are some things that you need to change? I know for me, it's about being more open. It's about being more open about my emotions. It's something that I know me and TC have, have battled on. You know, I didn't think, like I said, we didn't give a whole lot of our story, but I came from past where my dad left when I was real young. I didn't grow up, you know, with that. I didn't have a great life growing up. And honestly, when I kind of came to the church, I thought, okay, well, I've been saved. I've been rescued. And I don't have to deal with any of that. You know, and it was through some gentle nudging, maybe even a drop-off. Explain, uh, explain that. I'm going to explain. Okay. So at the, at the crossings, we have a class called Healing is a Choice. I like to call it. Healing is TC's Choice. Healing is TC's Choice. <laughs> so when I met TC, I lived, honestly, where the church plant is. And I uh, kind of came to his house, and eventually I think I just took over a couch. I never really even asked to move in. I just kind of did. Um, but he said, hey, man, on Tuesday nights there's going to be this class in my basement that happens to also be your room. So you can't be here. And I was like, all right, cool. He's like, why don't we go get some dinner? You know, so I was like, all right, cool. You know, so we leave. This dude gets, we get in his car. We drive around the neighborhood back into his driveway. And I'm like, oh, I must have forgot his, uh, his, his wallet or something. And he hands me a book. And he goes, uh, hey, class starts in 20 minutes in the basement. 
So he signed me up. He took me to Healing as a Choice, and he kind of opened that door for me in a way that I didn't think, you know, he, he helped me be more available. Um, you know, because honestly, guys, what you're doing in your church and the way that you're available and the way that you're present is more than what you do. You can come and you can serve. You can come and you can help run sound. You can greet at the doors. You can shuttle people in the parking lot. You can do all those things. But unless you're willing to emotionally invest in those people and be emotionally available for them, you're going you're gonna to miss out on that. So we have to be faithful, we have to be available, and we have to be... We have to be teachable. Just because you show up, sometimes, like Brian said, just because you show up, sometimes you can be more of a distraction. I, I can't tell you how many times I look at someone, I've got the Word of God in front of them. And you're arguing with me about the word of God. And I'm like, hey, like, bro, like, like this is here. This isn't me saying this to you. I'm just presenting you with the word of God. And they're hard-headed, and they don't do it. And then they keep doing the same thing over and over again. They live fruitless lives, whether it be fruits of the Spirit or fruits of life, the fruits of other disciples. And I'm like, it's like pulling teeth. I'm a wrestling coach. Um, I, I've coached wrestling for the last 18 years or so. I'll take a brand-new wrestler who's excited to learn than that person who's been wrestling for 15 years and who thinks they have all the answers. Because they don't want to learn, you can't teach them anything, but this new person is going to grow by leaps and bounds because of how teachable they are. In Proverbs 9.9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Hi, come on in, yeah, come on in, you're good. Are you in this class? No. Okay, then they're going out. They're going out. She can go to the other door. <laughs> Sorry. That's one of my favorite people on the planet to tease. That's like a relationship thing. Um, so it says, give a instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Does anyone here want to be a fool? Show of hands. Does anyone want to be unrighteous? To be teachable. A wise person that's just skilled living. If you accept wisdom and you accept instruction, you've already a wise person, but you can become wiser in that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't accept any teaching or any kind of instruction, biblically you're a fool. And I've got some friends in my life, my college roommate and my friend Boston Johnson, one of the worst things you can call them, is a fool. But what does it take to be teachable? It takes humility. Mm -hmm. You cannot pretend like you have all the answers or that you don't need any answers. It takes humility. And the word humble is an old potter's term. It means to be moldable. Mm -hmm. That your heart can be molded. It takes a willingness to learn. It's following those who have been there before. Here's one thing. I was a part of a successful campus ministry. I was there from seven people to when it got up to however 80 or 90 people or whatever were actual members of the campus ministry. I was a part of that, but I never ran that. I never created that. So on a church plant, I could have went out and pretended like I had all the answers, and I think at times I, I tried to do that. But the thing is, I had never done that. And it took humility for me to talk to Carrie and be like, hey, like, how do I do that? I'm lost. And that's like so key in being raised up. And that's one of the things I appreciated as Brian got to that point where it really started to click the humility in which he had in his life and his walk with God. So following those who have been there, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If when someone's talking to you and every time you puff up 
and you say, no, not me, and you get angry and you get combative. I have guys like that recently in my life that I'm like, hey, like I love you, but until you have a willingness to be taught and to be teachable, I can't do a whole lot with you. So I'm gonna go to these guys that are willing to do this and I'm gonna put my time into them and when you want it, I'm right here. And drawing a hard line with them to let them know that that stuff is not okay. So to be fat, you gotta be faithful, you have to be available, and you have to be trainable. But to get fat, you have to have a healthy diet. You have to have a healthy diet. So our second set of acronyms is diet, okay? So you have to have a healthy diet. And you don't become fat, we know this, without having a healthy diet, right? So the first thing is I must, as a leader, as someone who you've now identified as a fat boy or a girl, right? As, it's like, I'm so We're not getting asked back. No. Right. When you've identified them, these are some things you can help do to like raise them up. They're in the right spot. Their heart's in the right place. It's the first thing is, I must give them something to devour. I must give them something to devour. In Romans 10, 17. So then people must hear the message before they can trust God. And people hear that message when someone tells them about Christ. I wish I could say that we're all going to be these hungry, these Pac-Mans, and we're devouring up on our own. But as newer believers or as people that are raising up, they need direction. You need to be constantly giving them, whether it's a book of the Bible, a book, a, like now even podcasts and videos and things like that. And as a leader, you need to be vetting those things because there's a lot of false teachings and things like that that can easily lead people astray but I need to be putting books and verses and chapters and podcasts and whatever I can into their hands mm -hmm. to help them to grow and to become even more fat, grammatically correct. And I think fat. one of the things to note there is they have to hear the message, right? So we're not getting people into our churches and we're not getting people in our small groups that know everything, right? I mean, very rarely do we, you know, I, I recently had a guy join my small group a couple years ago who did have like a degree in Bible and that's really the first time that's ever happened. Most of the time, we reach the unchurched, you know, and so I think in some cases, when I was that first, you know, young believer, I, I, I had the examples my whole life of really church is, it's kind of a joke, you know, it's something you go to on Sunday, maybe, you know, to make you feel better, you know, but it's not something that you really give back to, and so when I came to the church and I kind of was doing the same thing, I didn't think that I was doing anything wrong, I thought that I was, I thought I was okay. You know, and so it took someone telling me what God really wants in my life. And that was a guy like T. You know, he sat down with me and he, he walked through what a relationship was. And he, he, he gave me something to devour. Uh, he gave me something to look for. I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, he gave me something. He gave me a purpose in my life and a direction that I'd never had before. You know, so I just think that's something really, you know, we, you know, really want to take note there is that, you know, when you're working with someone, if you're not willing to give it to them, they're not gonna. They're not just gonna. They're not just gonna decide to do it. Yeah. So uh, Brian and I worked at an autism center for a few years together, and um, uh, our friend Jeff worked there too. Um, sorry. Uh, we worked at an autism center, I think and uh, one of the kids there, the only thing that he would eat was fries, oh. uh, French fries. Jeez. And this kid was 17 years old, but he looked like he was about 11 or 12. Right, and that's all you'd eat. He was malnourished. He, they couldn't get him to eat anything else. And then one day, I don't remember what it was, but something clicked, and he started to eat more foods. And it's like he aged overnight. 
because his diet changed. And so, so for some of us, we're those ones that are eating just french fries and malnourishing ourselves and we're not growing the way that we need to. In Hebrews 5, it says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I'm looking around this room, and I don't know a lot of you. I know a lot of you, but I don't really, really know a lot of you. And I can tell you that in this room, there are people that should be teachers. People that should be small group leaders, ministry leaders, who should be training to go on church plants. And the big part of your problem is, is that you're not feeding yourselves and you're not devouring, you're not taking advantage of the people that are there. Some of you may not have that, and I get that. But a lot of you do. And there's people that want to invest time into you that can't because you're still just devouring french fries. You should be teachers. You need a healthier diet if you're going to become faithful, available, and trainable. And as they'll talk about someone who you can release into ministry, whether it be a small group or a church plant or a ministry or something like that, we have to have better diets. We have to have things that we can devour spiritually to feed our souls. And I can tell you, when you start it, you'll go like our, uh, our friend at the Autism Center. Overnight, you'll go from looking like you're 12 to like you're 15, 17, 18, and your appropriate age, maybe even older, because of the things that you fed yourself. So I must give them something to devour, number two. You gotta inject their lives with purpose. You know, and that was something, I think that was instilled in me very early. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you are doing, show that God is great. When you eat anything or you drink anything, do it in a way that pleases God. You know, there's, there's not a guy that I, I've ever, ever worked with. And, I mean, I, to this day, TC's he's my best friend. But there's also not a man. And, I, and I'll point out his flaws. I will. We ain't got time for all that. We ain't got time. Yeah, we, we, we got, got another, another track for that. But that. what I will the say is like, there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. any, any thoughts from the audience? No. Um, oh, shit, I'm <laughs> free it. My wife's here. You got, here. Oh. you got lots of people. You got lots of people. Well, one of the things that I'll say about TC is, man, he can make anything and he can find a purpose in anything. And that can be with a person, you know, and, and I've never seen a guy who can, who can meet someone here. You know, he can, he can play, you know, play board games, with, you know, and, and talk nerdy stuff with this guy. He can meet a, an athlete and he can reach him there. He can meet a scholar and even though he's not a scholar, he can meet him there. You know, and he can take all those things and he can find that. And that was something that I learned super early in my walk with him. You know, there was hardly anything that I didn't do with TC that didn't have a purpose in it. You know, I had a note of, of even, just, even just that trip, you know, that trip of driving 10 miles an hour down a highway for 20 miles at 2 a.m. having cars literally drive by us, Honking you know, just us. literally flying by us. And that was one of those things, man, it was, a, it was a crazy thing, but we took that opportunity because we were in a car, a little truck, for two hours to drive 20 miles. And yet we had that opportunity to have a conversation. We got to talk about the things that were going on in our life, the people that we were reaching, the way that we could, you know, dream for, you know, for that spooktacular. 
And how much we dislike Carrie for asking us to do that. That's true. <laughs> you know, that was a trip that the next, you know, that next day I would, I would go and I would buy the engagement ring for my wife. You know, and so driving there, we we're talking about what it's going to look like. You know, and I didn't have that example, you know, of what it looked like. And this guy didn't either, but he also had, you know, he had those people who invested in him. He was a young husband himself. You know, and we got to talk about what I'm getting into, you know, and what I'm going to purchase and what that, that ring sig sig signified. You know, and so we got to talk about all that, talk through life in, in the craziest of things. I'll tell you right now, me and TC have hung out in the bathroom together and had conversations. You guys think of what was going on. But we've, been, we've, done, we've had conversations like that. We find late night calls, you know, guys, because like I said, eight years ago, TC, he left. He moved, you know, and, and I just, you know, I, <laughs> I think about the ways in which, um, you know, our relationship did change, you know, and it's not that consistent, but I also know that even to this day, he's going to push me and he's going to challenge me in a way. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You know, I think about this, and it talks about in every day we need to, we need to walk in wisdom. We need, to, we need to, you know, that every person can, can know. You know, and I... There was a story, and there was a, a guy that was coming around a long time ago, and we would ask him to study the Bible. He would, he would consistently say, no, I'm not into that. I don't want to do that. And we're driving down to Florida, and TC's, I'm just sitting there. Everyone else is asleep. I might have even been pretending to be asleep. I don't know. But I'm listening to TC and this guy talk, and all of a sudden I start hearing TC about Scripture. And he's talking to this guy and asking him questions, and he gets done, and he goes, hey, man, you know we just did the first study, right? You know, and this was a guy who he wanted nothing to do. He kind of wanted the benefit. He wanted all the things that we talk about in church, in, in ministry. He wanted the friends. He wanted, he wanted the, the Sunday afternoon lunches. He wanted the, you know, the friends to play Frisbee with. He wanted all those things. Yet he wasn't willing to sit down and look at his own relationship with God. And so CC saw an opportunity to do that. And guys, we must live thinking that, honestly, we're going to be the only Bible anyone ever opens. You know, and so that was something that I got to witness. You know, and one of the things I want to just mention here is it, is it said, take note that this was seasoned, seasoned with salt. You know, and when I look at that, I'm not, I don't like salt very much. Uh, but when I started to look into what this really meant, you know, guys, we can't go out in, in, into our lives, into our, into our college campuses, into work, into the world and say, hey, you're wrong, I'm right, follow me or go to hell. None of you would be here if that's what I was up here saying or if that's what the person who invited to the church would have said to you. But yet we took the time, you took the time, and you, you find ways to point out what's going on. You know, because honestly the words we speak really reveal what's in our heart. You know, in Luke it says, For the mouth speak what the heart is full of. You know, so always be reminded that what you say matters. Who you say it to matters. You know, when you get frustrated at a restaurant, it matters. First uh, Timothy 4:12 through 16 says, "Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, until I come 
Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. I don't know about you, but I also didn't say anywhere that we have to be smart here. That we have to know, we have to have a talent, we have to have gifts. But yet we can all live faithful lives, and we can all give that back. You know, I, I, I think about what I hear a lot, especially as I work with younger people. I don't I work with older people now, I guess. Um, but when I would work with people in college, they would say, you know what, I'm going to go to church after I graduate. Once I settle down, once I live the college life, you know, then I'm going to settle down. You know, but I think one of the coolest things and the thing that I think is the greatest thing that you guys are here, you students, is that you're thinking right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inject purpose into my life. You know, so we have to devour, we have to inject their lives with purpose, and we have to... And you have to eat with the right people. You have to eat with the right people. As I referenced, um, these lessons kind of board together. In Acts 2, it says they ate together every day with glad and sincere hearts. They were eating with the right kind of people. In Proverbs 13, 20, Whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. You have to be walking with the right kind of people. Does that mean you neglect people who don't know God? No, or I wouldn't be here. Brian wouldn't, none of us would be here. But your best friends need to be people who are walking in wisdom. They need to be the ones that you go to. I've got good friends outside of the church. Like people that I would give the shirt off my back and they would do vice versa. But when I have a problem with my wife, I'm not running to them. I'm running to a guy like this. When I got a problem with my kids, I need to know, man, my kids are getting pulled in all these directions because of the world. I'm not running to my disc golf friends. No offense, I love them. But they're not coming from a godly, wise point of view. So I got to sit at the table with the right kind of people. So who is wise? We've got three F's here. Friend. A friend to walk with the wise means that you're on a journey with them. When you walk with them, it's not just a casual stroll in the park. A one-time thing that you do and that you're done. This is someone that you walk life with, hand in hand. Um, kind of going off of Brian for a second. I remember one just because I just saw him. Um, Mitch and his wife um, had a pregnancy problem on Christmas Day, right? One of the hardest, I mean, still gets me. I get the phone call and I look at my wife and she just says, go. Right? So on Christmas Day, we did our, we had already done our stuff. It was like that middle of the day thing. I'm at the, the house, hospital with them, just walking life and just trying to be there with them. Those are the kind of people that you want to walk with, those people that are going to be there every day for you. So it's, a, it's all the time. And, and those friends may include family members, coworkers, neighbors, leaders, coaches, mentors, and whatever. But the question are, the, are, are you really walking with wise people? Do they exhibit a love for God and a love for people? A learning attitude, a humble heart, a moral life, the ability to listen, a strong work ethic. If so, invest your time with these kind of godly people. And like I said, you need frequent walks with these people. It's not just a one-time walk. So you've got your, your godly friends, you've got frequent walks where you're walking life, not just a pop in, hey, I'm here and then I'm leaving. You're doing life with those people. So the goal of the, of the frequent wisdom 
is not one massive just time, not one long walk, but the frequency is what you're gonna do. And then finally, you're gonna walk with someone who's moving forward. You're gonna walk with someone who's moving forward. To walk with the lies implies forward movement. You're moving from point A to point B. Now for us, I think a lot of times we think that point A is where we're at and point B is heaven. Point B is an end destination, but there are many points along the way. And we need to be willing to walk through those good times, the hard times, whatever it is. When Maria and I had our miscarriage, Karen and Hannah were there, you were there. I mean, there was all kinds of people there. When my sister was in the hospital dying, there were people walking, not just with my sister, but with me and my family. People that are moving forward to a destination. So for, for me, point A was when I started. Maybe point B for me was a church plant. I don't know what point C is, but we're walking in a direction towards God, that honors God, that glorifies God, and that is for God. So who are you walking with? I look and I watch all the time. I look at people in their relationships. And not that I'm judging, but I look at people and I'm like, who, who's this person's best friend? I ask my guys that all the time. Like, who's your best friend? Who's your go-to guy? And you, you can usually tell where they are versus who they put themselves around. When I started coming around and, and he, is he still, yeah, Matt. Matt wasn't like the best spiritual man at the time, right? Matt, you're in a lot of things, right? <laughs> right? Matt and I are very similar. I mean, we get along great. And Matt has grown into a tremendous man of God. His twin brother, Ryan, again, I got along with Ryan. His cousin, Travis, we're all wrestlers, meatheads. We like to joke around, play around, but they weren't doing like the really godly things at the time. Then you have this beanpole Chandler, this country guy named Chandler. <laughs> You've got this computer nerd, Chris Mullen, and you got a band geek. No offense, I'm a nerd, I get it. Like These three guys that are the complete opposites of me. And I look, do I want to become wise? Or do I want, I think I would have been held back. Would you agree with that, Matt, like at the time? So I was like, I'm going to eat with these wise people. And I, in turn, became wise. And by doing that, when Brian came along, he could see that pattern in me. And him and Juan are similar, but also different. But him and Juan are super close friends. Him and Chris Mullen are really, really good friends. But there was those times where I'm eating with the right kind of people. And Matt, just a little spoiler, Matt got his stuff together. Super faithful man, a great husband, three kids, a youth leader. Matt got himself, but you know what it took with Matt? Getting with Daniel Langford, getting with Ben Mullins. And he was eating with the right kind of people and he was raised up to be a leader. And now guess what? I get to watch from a distance when we're at camp. I get to see Matt with his boys doing all these things, raising up little fat boys, right? <laughs> right? And Matt's a faithful man and I get to see from a church plant, I get to see Brian, you know, how many times have you split your small group? Three times now? Yeah three times, which is incredible. And I'm looking at him, he put himself on the right kind of people and he was teaching his people to do that. And the last thing that we have on our list here, so you gotta give them something to devour, you gotta inject their life with purpose, you gotta eat with the right people, and the last thing is, is you gotta let it thaw. You have to let it thaw out. You have to let it thaw out. So Jesus had his 12 boys, right? Walked with them, lived with them for three years campfires, travels, a lot of this stuff, walking with them, right? The Son of God, the most perfect of perfect, was walking with these guys for three years. And in his time of need, how many stood by his side? 
one. One betrayed him, and ten ran out. And that for me, I'd be like, hey, I'm done with you, ten. I'm going to go with this one guy right here, and we're going to go. I'm going to give his, him the keys to the kingdom, and he's going to preach the day of Pentecost, and that's the one I'm going to go with, because you other ten, well, you failed. But Jesus said, you know what, hey, I'm dying for those guys. I love those guys, and they needed a little bit more time. They needed another experience for them to be the men that they could be. And if I told you, if, if I gave up on Brian, he's like, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. to do guys meeting. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Gave up on him. Well, Hot Kyle may not be here right now, right, right Hot Kyle? And there's Mitch. Mitch may not. Mitch may not be here. And there's all kinds of guys. And the thing is, is we have to look at these guys and just give it a little bit of time, because it's so much on God's timing. It's so much on God's timing. If you've ever tried to eat something that wasn't thought out, it's not very good. When the instructions say, hey, let this, unless it's cookie dough, that's a whole different thing, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you need to let it thaw and give it the time for that person to grow. Because after three years, these guys still didn't get it and they needed a little bit more time. And we expect people to get it in a week. A one Bible study like I did, right? Six months. A year. Ben Mullins, his wife, is our female lead. It took her over a year and a half to study the Bible. And a lot of times we want to wash our hands and let it go because it's not happening. And everyone happens on different times. And we got to just give it a little time, let it thaw out. So if you can give them something to devour, you can inject their lives with purpose. That means you're doing all of these things yourself. You eat with the right people. Right, and you let it thaw and give them a little bit of time, you're going to raise up godly men and godly women who can be sent out. And that's the topic for tomorrow's class, is what do we do once we get them to here? Because a lot of people leave like, corporations and jobs and jobs because they have nowhere to go. They feel like they're in this place and they want to, to expand, but there's nowhere for them to go. So what do we do? We don't want them to get bored. We want to give them purpose. We want to give them responsibility. But then what do we do? So we are about 10 minutes early, right? From when we're supposed to, you wanna do some questions? Yeah, questions, questions, yeah. you got questions, questions, questions? You know what you said? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, so we have, yeah, so we had our first lesson, which is obviously um, more about the reaching and the, the, the going out and you know making a disciple. And then now we're talking a little bit more about raising up that disciple. So if you guys have any uh, questions, feel free to shoot it off. And, yeah, uh, and Carrie can Carrie's jump in. Here too. And Hot so. Kyle, feel free to jump in if you want. Like, no? Okay. All right. Well, you, I mean, you did these things, so you are officially a fat boy. Fat Kyle. Fat Kyle, yeah. All right. Okay. All right, any questions on this stuff? Sometimes you feel like you can run into a wall, you can get stuck, you can get frustrated, like, like fire away. Anything? Going once? I'm gonna have to show up to all your all's house at 6 a.m. and ask if you have any questions. <laughs> Drive you around the block. Oh, you have a question? Oh, here it is. Ask your question. No? Okay. So, um, Drew, come over here, Drew. Um, uh, this is Drew. Drew is single. <laughs> 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 
looking to mingle. Um, Drew is someone who, who I met playing disc golf six years ago, seven years ago. We kind of kept in contact when our church plant went out. I was like, to, to Columbia, I was like, I got to go down and find Drew. He was a freshman at Mizzou at the time. I introduced him to Carrie and Brett, who were able to go down there a whole lot more than I was. And uh, I, these are the things that, that inject him with purpose and trying to be that for Drew. Um, Drew has been a faithful man of God who's growing. Um, Drew's an awesome guy, and he could throw a Frisbee like 600 feet. It's amazing. <laughs> 700 feet now, what is it now? Let's go with 500. 500. <laughs> um, and also single. And also very single. So um, anyone, I'm looking up here, ladies. Um, I wanted, I called Drew up here not to embarrass him, but to have him pray us out for the lesson because I love him. Uh, dear God, just thank you for today, and thank you for uh, in a weekend that we can all come and just learn more about you and grow closer to one another, but just push each other towards you and spur us on. God, I pray that we are building each other up and uh, working to make one another um, people who can go out in the world and save the lost, God. Um, just so thankful for men like TC in my life who uh, were there for me. And um, <sighs> help me find a way and give me hope. Um, I just pray that we are that for someone else, God. Just thank you so much for your son, his sacrifice, and his example. Um, it's in his name I pray. Amen.